from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report. It is Wednesday, and I'm Sean Kelly. Greetings from Studio B in New Orleans. The podcast is on the air, as they say. We call it No Appointment Radio. I don't know if it's on the air. I just like saying that because I'm a radio guy. But uh, here we are once again, and uh, I'm glad that you've joined us here on this Wednesday for the official podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. We're, uh, as we mentioned, coming to you from Studio B at the world headquarters of the New Orleans Saints and the New Orleans Pelicans. We've got a couple of topics on our mind today. We're going to continue looking at the uh, Saints draft from this past weekend, and I certainly want to uh, share with you a visit in case you missed it that uh, John DeShazer and myself had with Stanley Jean-Baptiste, the defensive back out of Nebraska, drafted in the second round by the Saints this past weekend. Uh, The uh, Saints and their rookies, uh, both drafted and undrafted, are uh, in and on campus this week, and uh, it will all culminate with the rookie uh, mini-draft camp, or excuse me, the uh, rookie mini-camp here this weekend at the Saints facility. So we've got more to bring you throughout the week, but today we'll we'll share with you that visit we had with Stanley Jean-Baptiste uh, recorded last Friday uh, during round number two of the NFL draft. Also, NBA talk. I had been kind of, um, I was hoping to talk about this more earlier in the week, but uh, as it turns out, it took us until Wednesday. And so we're going to turn today's show also into a Wesley Wednesday, like we do during the regular season. And Fox Sports analyst David Wesley will uh, drop by to talk about the NBA playoffs. And certainly the uh, number one topic of conversation is last night's uh, Clippers Thunder finish in Oklahoma City. Boy, oh boy, that that is <laughs> that series on the floor and off the floor couldn't be more intriguing, couldn't be more frustrating, couldn't be more exhilarating, uh, and it certainly is uh, stealing all of the spotlight at least this week in the semifinal round of the NBA playoffs. Uh, in case you missed it, the Thunder beat the Clippers last night, one hundred five, one hundred four, and OKC now leads that th- series three games to two, with the uh, series heading back to. Los Angeles. I won't get into too much more about that until David comes on with us here in a little bit. But uh, if you saw the game or you've seen the highlights, uh, it is a combination of a Clippers collapse and a controversial finish involving replay and and everything else. And our old friend friend, uh, Chris Paul specifically there on the uh, last several key possessions. So that's certainly of note. The Wizards, by the way, blew out the Pacers last night, but I still think that Indiana is going to advance. We'll talk about that and more in just a little bit with David Wesley. Also on the NBA docket today is the news that Stan Van Gundy is going to be the new head coach and uh, head of basketball operations for the Detroit Pistons. So uh, one of many coaching vacancies right now here in May apparently has been filled and they expect to introduce Van Gundy at a press conference tomorrow. There's one other thing that I wanted to touch upon today, and and I'm just bringing it up because I think it's worthy of conversation um, between you and and your fellow uh, sports fans uh, in your world. But let, I just want to touch upon last night the fact that LSU uh, beat Northwestern State in baseball 27 to nothing 
in a six-inning no-hitter. Largest margin of victory in LSU's baseball history, the whole thing. Um, you know, they were delayed at the start by weather. Uh, weather was a, an issue during the evening. But uh, 27 to nothing makes me pause, I guess, at the moment. And LSU, who's now 37-14-1, and one, uh, ends up with 23 hits, uh, plenty of home runs, and the, and again the um, the staff combined pitching staff combined no hitter. Um, I, I don't know if if the Tigers could pull back the reins a little bit. You know, having not seen the game, uh, having not seen all the moves uh, made in the game, I don't know. But it just it made me pause thinking about a twenty-seven to nothing ball game midweek against an in-state opponent. Um, I don't know. I'll let you I'll let you think about that for a little bit, but I wanted to bring it up this morning as uh, I think I have an opinion on it. I don't necessarily want to share the whole opinion, but I at least want you to think about it as a sports fan in our state or maybe just in general as the Tigers won 27 to nothing last night in that ball game that ended up going, a, you know, six innings. Um, we're not talking about, you know, hey, we, we killed it in five or anything like that. Maybe I'm leaning toward my opinion here, but – I'll just I'll just sit back and, uh, as they said in one famous uh, SNL skit years ago, uh, talk amongst yourselves. So think about that for a moment. So NBA talk today. Uh, Stanley Jean Baptiste here on this Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Sean Kelly. Daniel Salerson's our producer, and we'll bring in D Dub next. Your Pelicans, led by all-star Anthony Davis, are on their way to becoming playoff contenders, and you'll want to be there to witness it. Newly released seat locations will be available for the public to check out for the first time at our Select-A-Seat event on Saturday, May 17th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center. Ticket packages start as low as $150. Visit pelicans.com or call 504-525-HOOP for more info and take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Guess what day it is? Hump day? Well, yeah, and it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. All right, let's get into our Wesley Wednesday. It's been a little bit since we've had a Wesley Wednesday, but, uh, boy, in light of what's going on in the NBA playoffs, and especially now in the Thunder Clippers series, without further ado, David Wesley joins us to make this a Wesley Wednesday. How are you, my friend? I am good, good. Glad to be back on the show and uh, get a chance to talk to you. I appreciate you coming on. We haven't talked to a whole lot of NBA here in the last couple of shows because of the NFL draft, and so I'm glad that we made today a, a day to talk NBA because, wow, what a series and what a finish last night uh, at Oklahoma City as now the uh, Thunder lead that series three games to two. Um, David, I don't know where to start with regard to the game last night. Do we go straight to the fourth quarter in the last four minutes of the game? Is that probably the safest way to do it? I think that's okay. I think that's the. I think that's a big topic right now. So certainly. All right. So in your eyes, 
Um, as may, maybe folks don't know, the Thunder won last night, 105-104, and uh, it was Russell Westbrook hitting three free throws with about six seconds left to win the game. That call in itself is a whole other topic of conversation, but the Clippers had a double-digit lead with just a shade over four minutes to go, and Oklahoma City comes all the way back to win this. Do we talk about Durant, Westbrook, and the Thunder's finish, or do we talk about the controversial way the game came down to the end, David? Well, I, I think the big uh, – and uh, Doc Rivers talked about it in his press conference while he was upset about that one call. The I think the way the, the, the Clippers fell apart down the stretch, a lot of mental errors, a lot of bad plays, turnovers, things like that. And even with the bad call, they have the ball in their best player's hands and he turns the ball over. So uh, the, the call, you know, seeing it and seeing it and seeing it, uh, I don't think it's a definite either way. So whatever they called on the floor, I, I agree that, that, you know, they leave it like it is. It should have been a foul. They missed it. They're going to miss calls. They've missed a ton. But, uh, you know, I think Doc was saying it was their ball, and I'm not so sure it is. If, if they called it one way on the floor with the, with the replay the way it was, you couldn't tell if it, it you know, came off, you know, of, of after uh, – can't remember who it was swipe down on it uh and the ball goes out of bounds you can't tell if it if it hit the the orlando i mean the um oklahoma city player again so um i'm i'm more in in tune with yes leave it the way it is then move on but the clippers gave that away okay i i agree with you to that extent um that the clippers and especially chris paul uh really fumbled the game away um but at the same time, you really think that the replay was that inconclusive? I guess I guess you seem to be on the opposite end of the spectrum as Doc Rivers, who says it's clear as day that it was off of Reggie Jackson. Well, with the um, who's got who sat down on the ball? Oh, I'd have to go back and look. I just know that I know that the offensive okay. player was when he, Jackson. When he slapped down on the ball, did he hit the ball? The ball though down. that's the thing. And I thought, I thought the way he came down that there's a there's a clear indication that he possibly hit the ball. Okay. I don't think he was all armed. I think he got some of the ball. And if he gets some of the ball, or if he gets none of the ball, you can't. To me, you can't say whether he got ball or he completely fouled, and you can't say that the ball came up and then hit. You, you can see Reggie Jackson's hand. You can see where the ball is, but you can't see if that's hitting his hand or if the ball's completely knocked out or anything. I, that's the way I saw it. So I don't think it's as clear-cut as, as Doc says, and I don't think it's as controversial. Now, if, if they're saying that, yes, you know, the ball was knocked out, and they, and they – I, I don't think you can – this is what I say. You can't overturn that either way. If they gave it to, to Oklahoma City, it's Oklahoma City's ball. If they gave it to the Clippers, it's the Clippers' ball. Okay, I don't think well, you let can me, overturn it. Let me, let me pose this question to you, because in my eyes, it appears there's a foul. And, and so regardless of who last touches the ball, it should have been called a foul, at least in my opinion. Would, Absolutely. Would you, would you be okay? All right, so obviously no foul is called. It goes out of bounds. They trigger the replay part of the rule that says we need to go back and see who, who the ball is off of. Are, are you okay if the NBA comes out this summer and says, 
if we go, if, if there's a replay trigger and we go to the monitor to determine who the ball went off of to go out of bounds, and in the replay we determine that actually a foul was committed, we can call the foul. Would you be okay with that? I think that's a I think that's a slippery one right there. Uh, yeah, you know, then maybe. then I think you would have to go back and put fouls in the replay altogether. Uh, we remember very vividly the Rivers crossed the, both arms, clear foul. Can you go back and and review that? I think I think I don't I don't know I you know replay is at times seems to get out of hand anyway but I think if you add that into the to the mix I I don't know uh, you know and and down the stretch you want to get it right um, so all of a sudden now you have foul trigger well and 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 maybe and maybe the maybe the conversation or the larger conversation this summer is. Um, do we have more replays, or should we have better officiating? Well, I I think with as long as you have human error, you could replay the whole game. Oh, now, sure. I I think down the stretch of a game, do you just take the officials out of it? I mean, you basically take them out. If you say the last two minutes, you can review anything. We'd be there all First night. First of all, games yes, games would be all night because. Uh, you know, if if a if a if a, an official calls a foul, and you certainly want to get it right, and what fouls say go review all fouls? Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, we would be there all night. I, I, is, I just but... think you, you you get what you you get the hand you're dealt. You, you get the three officials, good or bad, and you know that you're you're gonna you're gonna get mistakes. And I think the review system should. They should just leave it alone. Go with what they have. All right. So that's the controversial call part of the conversation. Let's go back to what you said earlier, uh, David, about the fact that the the Clippers basically gave gave the game away. So now as a result, it's 3-2 Thunder going back to Los Angeles. Can the Clippers recover here? Will we see seven games, or did the Thunder now close this out in your opinion? I think, I think we definitely see seven games. I, I think the Clippers uh, played uh, more than well enough for – most of that game to win it, uh, you're, you can't you can't imagine Chris Paul, your best player, making that many mistakes down the stretch of a game. He fouls a three point shooter. Oh wow, you know he, he takes a tough shot. He he turns the ball over. I, I don't think you you would have him make that many. I mean, a guy who takes care of the ball as well as anybody in this league. I don't think you you would get that many mistakes. They played well up until that point. And instead of being on the attack, they started trying to save a lead. And anytime you do that, the aggressive team is always going to play better. So uh, Orlando, I mean, Oklahoma, why do I want to keep saying Orlando? Oklahoma City did a great job of, of turning it up and making it a game and then finally getting the win. But uh, they definitely handed it to, to, to the Clippers for all the mistakes they made. David Wesley here with us on the Black and Blue Report. Let's back away from the game of the night, David. Uh, in the other action last night, Washington recovers and blows out Indiana, and uh, it's still 3-2 Indiana. Should should the Pacers be concerned about what happened last night against Washington, or are they still just, you know, a couple quarters away from advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals? 
in my eyes, four quarters away from getting to the finals. I, okay. I don't, or uh, Eastern Conference Finals. I don't, or the yeah, Eastern Eastern Conference Finals. I, I don't, I don't think, uh, you know, one blowout means anything. They played a bad game. Obviously, the Washington needed it way more, and they go uh, and and you know just put the pedal down. Indiana's going to play much better, and I think Indiana's the team that's that's going to win this series. I don't think it'll get to seven. All right, fair enough. On the other side of the bracket in the East, LeBron James goes for forty nine. Miami beats Brooklyn. Was was LeBron's performance and um, Miami's position in that series now? Does that pretty much end the conversation about who's going to come out of the East? I would think so. I, I think uh, first of all, LeBron's performance when when you talk about getting 49 in in playoff game one where their whole conversation is how do we stop LeBron and he still goes out and gets 49 and and he's attacking he's inside he's outside he's making big plays uh the best player on the planet hands down and uh I I see no reason why they wouldn't be in the finals does San Antonio leave you with that same feeling in the West, or does this Clippers Thunder series give San Antonio plenty of pause? I guess. I, I think the 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 Western Conference Finals will go seven. I still have San Antonio uh, in the finals as well. I think it'll be another Miami uh, San Antonio series, and I think San Antonio has enough depth and enough. Uh, you know, guys coming off the bench and, and different ways and the way they move the basketball. Uh, I think Miami will be lucky to beat the San Antonio Spurs in the finals. Mm, okay. Again, because they yeah, were lucky no, I, last year. I think, I think you're absolutely right on that. David Wesley with us here, of course, on the Black and Blue Report on this Wesley Wednesday. Hey, David, before I let you get back to uh, off-season uh, honeydew list and everything else, uh, let me ask you this and let me localize our conversation a bit. Uh, has there been anything that you've witnessed here in the postseason tournament that makes you change your thoughts on what the Pelicans need to be doing in taking steps to climb into the playoff picture? Wow, good question. Good question. And I haven't really tied it into what the Pelicans need. Uh, my biggest uh, conversation I've had with people that I've run into and fans and, and whatnot about the Pelicans is, what product do the Pelicans have? Well, with with the with the with the fact that half the team didn't play this year, mm-hmm. you don't really have a good gauge on how they play together. Who needs the? You know, I mean, you have a a step up in in uh, performance in Anthony Davis, where he takes over. He's a franchise guy. Great. You have uh, a major step up in. Tyreek Evans' production towards the end of the season. That's great. You know what Drew Holiday can do. You know what Ryan Anderson can do. Uh, And in a lot of the conversation, Eric Gordon gets lost in the shuffle. All right, so who's the guy? Yes, it's Anthony Davis. Is Anthony Davis going to demand that he goes out and gets 25 a game? Or is he going to lay back and you have four or five guys with 16, 17, which is, is not a bad thing, but is everybody going to be happy averaging 15? 
or is some guy going? I mean, that's where that's where the problems start happening. Uh, you know, I don't know if you remember, but when Baron Davis and Jamal Mashburn were here, that was the topic of a conversation all season. Whose team is it? And I'm sitting there thinking, who cares? You guys are getting most of the shots. You both have a chance to shine, but you could clearly see at times that they didn't pass the ball to each other. You can see at times it was my turn to shoot. And when you have that, whether it's being said, which it wasn't, or you can just see it, it becomes a problem. And will this team, young team, be able to handle, okay, Anthony Davis went to the All-Star last year. Is he planning to go to the All-Star this year? And he always says all the right things and does all the right things and plays for the team, and that's great. But there are going to be times when you need him to step up. There are going to be times when you need to defer so that he can go get you a basket. Will these guys continue to play that way? That'll be interesting. Mm, Good question. And hopefully all together. Wow. I didn't think about that. All right, so there you go. I'm glad I asked the question then. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, one more question real quick. The Pistons hire Stan Van Gundy. They're going to introduce him at a press conference tomorrow. Um, what's your take on Van Gundy, and uh, is this, in your eyes, a good fit for the Pistons, or maybe you don't have any thoughts on the matter? Um, not, not, not so much. I, I like Stan. I, I like um, what what he's able to, to do with with teams, uh, get them defensive minded. I think it's good that he's still in the Eastern Conference, where it's more of a different defensive conference. Uh, so uh, I think there's been a little bit of a mess in Detroit, and mm-hmm. hopefully he can kind of right that ship a little bit. And, um, you know, I, I I think he's I think he can be a good fit. But, you know, again, all those things are, are guesswork because you don't know, you know, even when you get a new player, you never know what how he blends with the other guys, how they take him. Will they, they buy into his system? Uh, you know, in, in Orlando, Stan – they seem to buy into a system for a very long time. And then towards the end, it was kind of like the problem is Stan. Well, uh, you know, that's coaching and that's the way it goes. And, you know, those things are kind of a wait and see situation. All right. Fair enough. Hey, good stuff. I'm glad that we had a Wesley Wednesday today. Me too. Me too. Glad to be back on the show. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, How about we do this again so we can set up the uh, conference finals next week? What do you think? I like it. I like All it. Right. I'll be ready to rock and roll. Sounds good. Sounds good. David Wesley with us here on the Black and Blue Report, analyst for Fox Sports New Orleans and all-around good guy. Enjoy the rest of your day Wednesday, this uh, Wednesday, yes. Wednesday, David. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I will. All right. We will uh, turn our attention back to the NFL draft, and, of course, uh, we'll, uh, as promised, uh, deliver that visit we have with Stanley Jean-Baptiste, the new defensive back for the New Orleans Saints, when we continue. Here's a valuable lesson I've learned as an Intergy customer. Saving energy saves you money. And the online videos at EntergySavings.com show you how. A few simple projects can make a big difference in your bill. In just a few hours, I knocked my monthly bill down by 20%. It was easy. From caulking windows to programming your thermostat, the Intergy videos walk you through it. Visit EntergySavings.com and start saving today. That's the power of people. Intergy. Play mud books from the lottery. You can win up to $2,000. 
This is how we do it. Spice up your day with mud bucks. Win up to $2,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. The party's just getting started, y'all. Are you ready for mud bucks? Here we go. Pick up mud bucks today. That's how we do it down here. Come on back in. We're in Studio B here today on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks again to David Wesley for stopping by. Let's uh, let's turn our attention back to the Saints and the draft. Uh, yesterday we got to know uh, Brandon Cooks extensively through a couple of different guests. Today we want to share an interview that we did with a second-round draft choice, uh, Stanley Jean-Baptiste, defensive back out of the University of Nebraska. John DeShazer and I had a chance to visit with uh, Stanley after uh, his selection in round two. On Friday night, this is a young man that played junior college football and then Division One ball. Obviously, with the Cornhuskers, uh, he's big, good size, a converted wide receiver, as a matter of fact. Um, and some might say that he's still got plenty to learn, as most guys do at his age, and especially coming in to the uh, pro game. So we'll see how he plays out, and that process begins for Stanley here with rookie minicamp this week. Our visit with uh, Stanley uh, uh, went in a couple of different directions, but one thing that John and I did ask him about was about his game or about what he brings to the table here as he makes the transition from Lincoln, Nebraska to New Orleans, Louisiana. My size, I think I bring I bring uh, physicality, uh, good ball skills. Um, I cover a lot of ground, uh, and I can match up with pretty much any receiver. You know, you talked about those ball skills. You entered Nebraska in 2010 as a receiver. You transition to cornerback. How do those ball skills transition as a receiver to cornerback? Uh, they pretty they pretty much transition pretty good. Um, it helped me a lot locating the ball, playing defensive back. Uh, and it, it just it just helped me it helped me really knowing how how to read receivers almost to the point where I could I could I could always look for the ball and not panic. What did you do uh, with regard to growth? You know, you're one of these guys. We talk. Stanley, we've talked so much in this draft about the juniors that came out and were ready to enter the NFL, and here you are, a veteran of the college-level game. What was it that maybe by staying longer uh, and playing in Nebraska that helped you prepare for the NFL? Uh, I think staying longer at Nebraska helped me grow up, uh, be mature, um, learn the game more, especially for me, uh, playing corner almost two and a half years. I had a lot, I had a lot of learning to do, and I still got a lot of learning going on. Um, it just helped me, just to the point where, just just to, uh, to 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 understand the game and have it slow down more for me. You know, Stanley, do you know much about this defense that you're about to join? And if so, what are your thoughts about the Saints defensively? I don't really know too much about. It. I just know that uh, the defense is, is is just reckless, and and they good defensive coordinator, and I just have to play for them. You'll have uh, some veteran guys to help you uh, learn the craft of this level. Keenan Lewis, Champ Bailey, Jarris Bird, now a member of the New Orleans Saints defensive secondary. Um, when you look at the uh, situation that lies in front of you, are you intimidated in any way? And I don't mean that by a bad way, but are there some nerves? You know, you, the, the phone call, the emotion of the night, uh, when does it begin to set in that uh, there's a new life here ahead of you in your in your craft of football? Uh I really don't know when it's gonna set in, but uh, the nervousness uh, is not a part of me right now. I'm just ready to play football. Like you said, we got a good group of defensive back. Um, I'm ready to learn from Chan Bailey, Keenan Lewis, uh, Vaccaro, um, Jerry's Bird, uh, 
hopefully, hopefully they, they, they take me in with Oakland. You know, Stanley, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, in the NFC South uh, here in the NFL draft, they've uh, selected several large wide receivers, whether it be Tampa Bay or Carolina or everyone else in the division. How much are you looking forward to that challenge to go up against some of those larger wide receivers? Oh, I'm looking really, really, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, big wide receivers is, is, is not really a problem for me. Um, competition is just competition, so I'm, I'm ready to play football. You've had a fan base there in Nebraska with Big Red there that embraces its players and fills that stadium on any given Saturday. And now you're a member, as you'll quickly discover when you set feet in New Orleans, you're now a member of the Houdat Nation and an atmosphere in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Any thoughts about transitioning that to a, to a dome that, uh, that may even rival the noise that we're hearing in Lincoln, Nebraska on fall Saturdays? I don't know how that transition is going to be, but um, I know the dome won't be loud. Nebraska was always loud. Hopefully, Nebraska fans continue to follow me and transition. They they uh they like us to New Orleans, and hopefully, New Orleans fans uh, become a fan of mine. Well, it's an easy flight, uh, Stanley, across the Gulf of Mexico from South Florida to New Orleans. Uh, I'm sure we'll see a lot of family and friends here in the Big Easy soon enough. Ah, uh, yes, sir. Congratulations, Stanley Jean-Baptiste, the newest New Orleans Saints selected tonight in the second round of the NFL draft. The quarterback will be here with the black and gold soon enough. Enjoy the night, Stanley, and congratulations. We'll see you very soon. Thank you. No problem. All right, again, Stanley Jean-Baptiste, one of a couple of draft picks for the Saints over the weekend, and uh, as as it turned out, one of four for the defensive side of the football in these six picks all together, and then of course uh, yesterday, as we we uh, we learned, the 17 undrafted free agents signed by the Saints. All those guys in the mix this week under uh, head coach Sean Payton. We'll pick up our draft to recap and uh, getting to know you series, I guess as you want to call it, uh, tomorrow right here on the Black and Blue Report. All right, we'll be back to wrap up today's show, Wednesday edition, in just a moment. Okay, you've just been told you have a serious heart issue. Congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center has the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is... I just saw your test results, and they look great. No problems. Leading Edge Care. Just one more reason to choose an Auctioner-affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-Auctioner. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. 
Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. Don't forget, you can always follow this show and its lineup on Twitter at Black Blue Report. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter as well at Sean Kelly Live. Help us spread the word, won't you? The Black and Blue Report is yours weekdays after noon central. No appointment radio available on your desktop at NewOrleansSaints.com, Pelicans.com. On the two-team mobile apps available free through Android or Apple. And, of course, on Apple as a subscription-based run with iTunes. Uh, Tomorrow on the program, more of our NFL draft recap, as we mentioned just a moment ago. And uh, who knows what we'll be talking about with regard to the NBA playoffs. There are two games tonight, Brooklyn and Miami. That's a uh, 6 p.m. tip-off central time. Miami leads that series three games to one. And then the nightcap features Portland versus San Antonio with the Spurs leading that series three games to one. If you're a baseball fan, there's a lot of day baseball to take in. Seven day games in all on this Wednesday. Otherwise, a pretty full slate for Major League Baseball. That'll do it for us for, uh, for us here on campus today. And uh, from Studio B and for Daniel Salerson, I'm Sean Kelly. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday and so long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.